Greetings, Embers. Welcome to Back to Ashes. My name is Phoenix. I'd like to thank the reform members of the channel. Luz Crispin, Tammy Slayton, CAG, Denise S., Through Scrutiny, Samantha Play, Stephanie McLaren, Corpse Lover, Norman D.W., Chrissy Elias, Cindy Cleveland, and Patty's niece. If you would like to learn how to become a member of the channel or would like to buy me a coffee as a special thank you, those links can be found down below. Also, if you are brand new here and like what you are hearing, or have been here and haven't done so yet, please don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and comment. Not only does it help the channel out, but it reminds you of every time I upload a video. With all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes. For once we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, brighter, stronger, and a happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in to get warm, and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Creepy and Crazy Neighbors. Right after this intro and ad will play, I'll read the first story and ad will play, and after that there will be no more ads within this video. Disclaimer, some of these stories will have foul language in it. If you are not a fan of foul language, this will not be the video for you. Everybody else, let's party. I had a neighbor who was a clinical psychologist working with terminally ill kids. You'd think such a person would have to be very kind, caring, and compassionate to do that gruesome job. In her case, you'd be wrong. She was a nasty dick. One afternoon, she was peering at a microscopic door ding on her car and was clearly more irritated than usual. She told me that her car got dinged during the eight-hour shift at the hospital, but she got in revenge by keying the new Mercedes parked right next to her. There was no assigned parking where she worked. The bins could have been anyone parked to her for eight hours or eight minutes. When I pointed that out, she said, Well, someone had to pay. I don't care who it was. When I was a teenager and lived with my parents, we had this one neighbor family that seemed sort of off. One day, the father knocks on our door and tells my parents they haven't had power for a long time and begged us to run an extension cord to one of our outside outlets for the day just so his kids could have cold milk with their cereal in the morning. My parents agreed to do this, but only for one day. The neighbor kept up his part and disconnected the cable after that day. A week later, they hooked it back up again without us noticing. A month goes by and our electricity bill is basically double than what it normally is. My parents head to the backyard and find the cable plugged in. So they yank it out and confront the neighbor. At first, the neighbor will only open the door a slight crack. My stepdad realized the reason. He was concealing a weapon. That's when we began to suspect that there was something really wrong with these people. My stepdad demands an explanation as to why the cable was run to our outlet, and the dude just sort of mumbles incoherently and shuts the door, locking it. The bad neighbor family was a duplex, and their neighbor comes around and asks what's up. My parents explained the whole story and how the next step was calling the police. The good neighbor is a former police chief and is friends with the entire force, so he offers to make the call. Several cop cars arrive. The bad neighbor father and mother are arrested. Turns out, they were up to some illegal shenanigans. The kids, unfortunately, were put into foster care. The neighbor I used to have across the street from me once yelled at me for having a car parked partially on the grass. Of my own lawn, by the way. The streets are narrow and you're technically not supposed to park on them. 
The car was parked so that the tires on the passenger side of the car were both on the grass by about a foot, but it was at least helping to not block the street. This was only temporary. When she started yelling at me from her house, I thought it was because she didn't like seeing the car in the street. I could have at least understood that, but no, she was furious, and I really do mean furious. Simply because the tires on my grass were going to ruin my lawn, and my ruined lawn was going to lower her property value. She told me that parking on my grass was illegal, that her husband was an attorney, and that she was going to be calling the police. I dared her to call, and I invited her husband to come talk to me. Nothing ever happened. My neighbors are newlyweds and wouldn't even move into the house until they were married. I know because it's all new build, we watched their house being built and talked to them and got the whole scoop. Very traditional and religious. So they moved in a week ago. They don't have blinds yet. They are constantly fucking. At first it was shocking. Sort of laugh as kids will be horny kids. Look away. Then I noticed it when I was having breakfast. Hmm, it was awfully early for that kind of stuff. Then yesterday, they were having dinner with another couple. I happened to be in my living room, and I just knew if I looked up at the right moment and, well, yep. They saw the others out the front door, door closed. He tackled her into the stairs. With 30 seconds, and they were ripping each other's clothes off. I'm going to get them shutters as a housewarming gift. Ah, my time has come. So my aunt lives next door to us, which would be all fine and dandy, but she's a sociopath. The house we live in was hers and my father's growing up, and we, dad, mom, brother, and me, moved in with my grandmother 10 years ago. My aunt would come get my nan's keys to fill her car with gas and copy the house key. My aunt would then come into our house in the wee hours of the morning and steal the stupidest shit. We didn't notice for a while, but then our new shampoo bottles would be empty suddenly. Our paper towels and toilet paper would be gone. Our food, silverware, and cups would be gone. Then my mom's jewelry would be on the stairs, coming down from the bedrooms, like it was dropped on the way out. One morning, I was awake, around 2.30 a.m. for some reason, and I heard what I assumed was one of my parents coming upstairs, going in their bedroom across the hall, then a few minutes later, going back downstairs. The dog's tail was wagging and hitting the floor, so I wasn't scared until the next morning when my parents asked if I was up late that night and came into their room. The thing is, she didn't sneak up or tiptoe or anything. Straight up stomped up the stairs and down the hall. She had done this many times. My dog was used to her coming and was the shittiest guard dog ever. We then changed the locks and put a special coated door for the staircase. Since she couldn't go upstairs to watch us sleep anymore, she would come at around 5 to 6 in the morning, just before my mom and I got up for school. Our alarms would go off at 5.45 a.m. on the weekdays, and we would hear the front door slam shut. And if we ran to the windows, we would see her going back to her house. We changed the locks again, and the night visits seemed to stop. I could go on with more fucked up shit she did to us, but this is long enough. So, my neighbor eats my flowers. In his defense, he told us that he has been doing it for years when he introduced himself after we bought the house. 
He also brought over frozen cookies in a plastic bag as a housewarming gift, but wasn't sure what was in them. We share a side yard, and he was talking to us. I noticed his all-brick house was actually roofing shingles, layered to look like brick. It started to register that he may be a little out there. He's a great neighbor, just an older, eccentric stoner who keeps to himself and, of course, eats my flowers. No shame. Comes over to my yard and eats my lilies, raw, or brings scissors and clips the heads to boil and make jam. It's crazy to me, but we have embraced it. I planted a couple raspberry and blackberry and blueberry bushes three years ago when we first moved in on the other side yard we share, as well as a few knockout rose bushes I told him to help himself to berries, roses, whatever, anytime, especially before the birds do. The bushes have all gone insane and the entire side of my house is now a yearly buffet for my neighbor. Having a decent relationship with a crazy guy I share property line with is worth some dead-headed flowers. My parents' next-door neighbor, Nancy, started with a no-trespassing sign in the backyard that faces our yard and nothing else. She set up a motion-activated floodlight that faces the side of our house and nothing else. She stabbed our ball when it landed in her yard when we were children, called the cops on the neighbors because their dog barked constantly, despite them not even owning a dog. She thinks my mother, the sweetest person you can meet in this world, is a backstabbing bitch for warning the new neighbors not to let their kids play on Nancy's lawn. Verbally assaulted me for chasing deer out of our flower garden, etc. But the true psycho moment came with the trees. We have large trees along the property line, just barely on our side. And she was starting to go all psycho about the tree is going to fall and crush her house and demanded it be cut down. We consulted an arborist who said it did not but could use a trim that would make it impossible to fall on her yard at all. The entire time they were trimming, she stalked the property line and screamed if anyone stepped over it. While this trim was happening, a single stick fell on her lawn. She lost her shit. Threatened to call the cops, told them they better have all their licenses up to date, etc., Arborists tried to blow her off, but my mom insisted they check. Sent someone to City Hall and renewed their license. 30 minutes after that, a cop showed up to check as Nancy had called them. Arborists were super thankful for my mom warning them. Ever wondered how it feels to be secretly photographed by your neighbor? If so, you've come to the right place. Gather round, children. It's story time. This definitely isn't the weirdest thing that has happened to me with neighbors, but it's the most recent and just confusing one by far. My sister is graduating high school this year and was recently accepted to a really great university she had applied to. She was really excited about this, and my family and I decided to do something special for her during the lockdown. So we called up a family friend who had previously attended the college to help us. One day, while my sister was on a Zoom call with her therapist, we put the plan into action. Our friend pulled up outside our house near the front lawn, and they quickly set up a banner and ballooned all around the door with a big sign that had the university's mascot on it. Once they had that taken care of, we had ordered a box of cookies in the colors of her new school and set ourselves up in a socially distant way to surprise her. Our friend had even covered their masks in fabric 
to match the colors of their banners. It was my job to get my sister and direct her to where the surprise would go down once she had finished. And let me tell you, her face was just about the best thing I've seen in a long time. When she came outside, we played the college's anthem and just about burst with happiness and pride. I was in charge of our dog and making sure he wouldn't run away while the door was open. So I sat down on the porch with him in my lap when I noticed something weird. The house across the street from us was home to a very old lady who didn't take very good care of her garden, which was nearly always overgrown. She was half hidden behind a large bush that was right next to a small tree, her red coat quite visible among the green leaves. She was holding a bright red camera that matched her coat, and it was pointed straight at us. The old lady probably didn't notice that I had seen her, but God, this was creepy. Her camera was one of those old-fashioned ones, and after taking a couple photos, she put it down and smirked this really evil smile that literally sent chills down my spine. She then hobbled back into her house on the worn path of her steps without another word, another stare, nothing. I guess we know who's working for the KGB, said my brother as he leaned in next to me. Someone please send help. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was living with my brother and a new family moved in downstairs. It was a mother and two boys in their teens and the mom had just been divorced. From what we could tell, it was a bummer time. So these two teenage boys fought constantly. They were incredibly loud and I tried really hard to be empathetic and not complain. We wouldn't mention to their mom every now and then, and she was very apologetic, but it kept going. One Sunday, they woke us up at 6 a.m., slamming doors and throwing stuff and just being ridiculous. My brother and I set up every piece of audio equipment we had in the house. A bass amp, two PAs, and a full drum set. And we blasted, hypnotized by Biggie, for about 10 minutes and played along on bass and drums, PAs on full. Never heard those kids make noise again. Not sure if we shocked them or they finally got it or whatever. But we did prove who could make more noise, I guess. My wife and I were tearing down our shed to build a new one. After it was torn down, we had a pile of wood and siding, waiting for a company to pick it up. After a week, I called them to remind them it still needed to be taken away. We started building a new shed, and a week later, the pile was still there. A couple days later, I got a letter from the city stating the wood and tin needed to be gone within 30 days, or I'd face a fine. My old lady neighbor came over the next day and said the pile was an eyesore, and the city would take action. To be clear, this pile of wood and siding stood three feet tall and was nicely stacked on the side of our property fence, our side of the privacy fence between her and us. This is a fence we erected because she complained our kids were playing outside and she wanted quiet when she was hobbling around. A couple of days later, 
the company finally picked the stuff up. She strutted over again, then said, Hmm, that letter must have worked. I swear, some people just have nothing else better to do with their time. There was this old guy who lived with his wife and his dog a few doors away in a big house. He rarely left his home, and when he did, he only took his dog for a walk. He also talked very rarely and seemed to avoid other people, while his wife was somewhat more social. The couple lived on our street for a few years, and everything appeared to be fine. However... Someday, they divorced and the lady moved away for reasons unknown. The old guy remained with the dog in his house, and a few years passed. There was never something suspicious, and aside from his usual strange behavior, everything seemed pretty normal. One morning, that was approximately nine, seven years ago, I think, I left, as usual, my house to catch the school bus. Our school is relatively quiet, and normally there isn't much stuff going on. But this morning was a bit different. There were a few neighbors on the street, and my parents said, there's something wrong with the old guy, which lived on the end of the street, but nothing specific was known. So I went to school and didn't think much about it. As I returned and exited the bus at the bus stop, I saw that the whole street was cordoned off and evacuated. Police cars and officers were everywhere, and even a SWAT team was there. I had no idea what was going on. I met up with my parents, and they explained to me that the old guy tried to commit suicide and planned to take the whole street with him. He flooded his entire basement with gasoline and had an improvised bomb in his garden shed, which was essentially a big pile of propane gas tanks tied together. A timer clock and a toaster served as the fuse mechanism for both the bomb and the basement. The whole thing was rigged to explode between 7 and 8 a.m. in the morning. A smaller version of this explosive was placed in the trash bin of the guys who lived right next door to this maniac. Obviously, it was something personal. Before the old man triggered the bomb, he wrecked the entire interior of his house with an axe and then went to the garage with his poor dog, locked the gate, and turned his car ignition on. He put his dog in the trunk and seated himself in the driver's seat, waiting to die from asphyxiation before he would be blown to pieces. Luckily, the plane did not work, because a neighbor heard the car engine and became suspicious. He looked through the garage window, and at first thought the man had a heart attack, so he broke the window and entered, only to see the man more or less conscious in his car. At first, he had no idea what was going on, but then he noticed the distinctive smell of gasoline. He broke the door to enter the house and discovered the mess the old man created. The neighbor immediately called the cops and a bomb squad took care of the explosive just in time. Unfortunately, the dog suffocated in the trunk and was already dead when the neighbor arrived. The authorities arrested the guy and put him into a psychiatric ward after the court process. He will remain there until the end of his life. The estimated blast radius of the bomb would have been significant enough to destroy several houses and do severe damage to the surrounding area. It all happened during my junior year of college, almost 30 years ago. Four other girls and myself were living off campus in a house we rented together. It started in the fall with phone calls where the caller would just hang up, but gradually progressed to heavy breathing and moaning. In the beginning, we ignored it and then nervously laughed it off. 
But then the nature of the calls changed. The person calling, it was a male voice, would specifically ask for my roommate or myself by our first name. He'd breathe heavily and moan and then hang up. When it reached this point, we called the police and phone company to see if the call could be traced. The police came to talk to us but basically said that while the calls were disturbing, they weren't threatening and therefore couldn't really do anything. The phone company wouldn't do anything either. I think it being a college town, they felt there were bigger issues for them to deal with. The calls kept coming, but now the person would comment about what my roommate or I were wearing or how our hair looked. My roommate and I each had jobs at our college's student union at the front desk. We thought maybe the caller was a fellow student or college worker who saw us and that was why he knew what we were wearing or how our hair looked. We called the police again, and this time they took it a little more seriously, but still no phone trace. The phone company agreed to change our number to unlisted, but to get the number changed, it would be an additional charge. We were college students strapped for cash, so changing the number wasn't an option. At the same time, all this was happening. Occasionally, one of us would come home and find the front door unlocked. As there are five of us living in the house, we just thought that one of us went out and forgot to lock it. Then, one weekend night, I was home alone. My roommates had gone out for the evening, and I stayed in because I wasn't feeling very well. The phone rang, and it was the caller again. This time, he mentioned that he knew I was alone and maybe I wanted company. He told me not to worry because he knew how to let himself in the house. As he talked, he even commented about what was on the television in my house at the time. I immediately called my boyfriend and several other friends and begged them to come over right away. I also called the police and they said they would send a car. My boyfriend got there first, and while he was there, the person called again. My boyfriend answered the phone, and the caller just laughed at him and told him he couldn't protect me forever. My boyfriend had closed all the shades and curtains, and the caller made a comment about it to him. It was then that we knew whoever was calling us had to be a neighbor and had been watching our house. The police finally showed up, and we shared what happened. This time, they took it more seriously. They went to the houses around that had lights on and rang the doorbells and talked to a few people. They said they'd send extra patrols to go monitor our street the next few days. My boyfriend was in a fraternity, and for the next week or so, he or some of his frat brothers spent the night sleeping in our living room to help us feel safe. Our landlord came and switched out the locks to the front and back doors. As far as we knew, the police didn't get a tap for our phone, but we never heard from the caller again. My roommates and myself were cautious for the rest of the year. We made sure our blinds and curtains were shut at all times, once it got dark, and always checked to make sure the door was locked. None of us wanted to be alone in the house, especially after dark. It also changed how we viewed our neighbors. While we didn't know everyone around our house, we had met quite a few of them. My roommates and myself felt we couldn't trust the people around us and were afraid to interact with them. The year did end with something unnerving, though. My roommate and I received a note with the same message at work. The notes were dropped off during the last week of school before we went home for the summer. Each note simply said, I'll miss you. We never did find out who made the calls or sent us the notes, but my roommate and myself were pretty sure it was a neighbor. Dear listeners, this next story 
has language in it that some might find offensive. Listening discretion is highly advised. My poor brother went through a shitty neighbor experience, and I lived it vicariously whenever I visited his apartment. My brother lived in an apartment complex with his wife and their five-year-old daughter. My brother drove a 2005 Prius, which he received as a hand-me-down from my grandmother once my grandfather bought a new car for. Across the hall from my brother and his wife was this redneck who drove a modified diesel engine truck with huge-ass wheels, a blinding LED light attached to the roof, and the exhaust ripped off. Always dirty and loud. Now, let's get this straight. I don't judge anyone for their vehicle choices. I have owned a 91 Camry, a 2002 Prius, a manual trans 2009 Cobalt, and a manual trans diesel engine Ford F-150. I'm just telling you this because the whole craziness of this experience was driven by the brother's Prius. It started with a neighbor always, every day, parking his truck to the left of my brother's Prius with less than an inch to spare between the cars, so that my brother had to crawl into the passenger side just to get to the driver's seat. Even if my brother got home after the guy parked his truck, the guy would go outside and reposition his truck to block my brother's door. My brother tolerated it because he and I both somewhat agreeable and avoid conflict unless necessary. It made him grumpy, but he toughed it out. Once he came out and noticed a yellow substance all over the roof of his Prius, which smelled awful. Everyone at his work noticed it. We, his family, noticed it. He had to go through a car wash a few times to get rid of it. We assume a stink bomb was dumped all over his car. Hmm, I wonder who did it. One day, he backed his car out of his spot and his tire popped. A nail was propped up against his tire so that when he backed up, the nail would pierce the rubber. Gee, how did that happen? Then the redneck started leaving notes on my brother's car. It usually said something along the lines of Prius bag or lip hard pussy. My brother kept these notes and took pictures of the parking job and reported it to the landlord. The landlord said, I'll take care of it. Well, suffice it to say, nothing happened. A week or so after reporting it, my brother walked out to find Fag keyed into the hood of his car. My brother went to the landlord and said, if you do not take care of this, I'm getting the police involved and then I'm going to sue the shit out of you. Well... Through conversation, my brother found out that the redneck's girlfriend was the landlord's daughter. They were both living there for like a tenth of the price and were not good tenants. So my brother said, are you going to solve this for me? And the landlord basically shrugged her shoulders. He and his wife immediately got with a real estate agent and moved into a house three months later. So, in a way, my brother and his wife and their daughter got away from a terrible situation that could have escalated to a violent situation and lived a better life in their own house. But another way of looking at it is the redneck won the battle. He acted like a total dickbag and got away with it, and the Prius bag had to move out of his family because there weren't any consequences for his actions. There have been maybe 10 people in my life I've wanted to strangle with my own hands until the life left their eyes. That redneck is definitely now one of them. This story is about a neighbor I had once been fairly comfortable around, but that relationship changed nearly overnight, and he started making me insanely uncomfortable, to the point I broke my lease and moved. 
I'd lived in the same apartment complex for two years, and across from me was my neighbor Sam. He seemed like a normal guy and a single father of three. Over the two years I lived there, we had engaged in small talk many times, and I believed he was a nice person. He felt like a father figure since he's twice my age and always seemed willing to help out if needed. Last summer, my region experienced an insane heat wave that we simply didn't have the infrastructure to deal with. It's common for apartments and homes in general in the northern U.S. to not have AC. Temperatures were aiming to reach over 100 degrees, and without AC, we all would have had to prepare to basically endure 90-plus degrees heat in our homes with no relief. I had purchased a portable AC unit, and me being from the southern U.S., I didn't have the slightest clue how to set it up, and all online advice was only useful for windows that slid vertically. I have a unique dilemma, given that my window slides open horizontally. After struggling with the AC vent for a while, I decided to knock on my neighbor's door for help. That turned out to be a huge mistake. After leaving my apartment, he started sending text messages that made me feel quite uneasy. The first message was something along the lines of, I could tell we were nervous around each other. I'm shy. What are you up to tonight? I was honestly grossed out and disturbed by that because it seemed delusional. I wasn't nervous around him at all because I'm simply not attracted to him. Yet in his mind, I was nervous. I didn't reply. He proceeded to text me and call me every day and was even leaving voicemails. He even blew me a kiss in one of the voice messages. I was starting to get scared because normal people don't continue to call and text someone that's not responding to them, yet this guy wouldn't leave me alone. I figured if he was this unhinged, then outright rejecting him and telling him I wasn't interested could possibly be dangerous, so I continued to ignore him. If I was coming home at night, I always had a friend on the phone with me in case I bumped into him. I was becoming so on edge by all the unwanted contact, I called my cousin, who was a lawyer, to tell him everything that was going on. He asked me for my neighbor's full name. After looking him up, he found out my neighbor was a convicted rapist. He had been in prison for five years for assaulting a 12-year-old girl. He was also able to find out that my neighbor had been arrested back in 1988 for armed burglary. These are just the times he's been caught. I searched for a new apartment, and the one with the earliest vacancy would be three weeks out, so I had to wait. I went to the leasing office of my then-current apartment and told them everything that was going on and opted to break my lease and move out as soon as the new apartment was available. I'm so grateful I had a male friend over this particular night. The vent for my portable AC had fallen out of the window, and I was fiddling with it and trying to get it to sit tight like it was before. While doing so, I got another text. It was my neighbor. It said, I see you. You're looking really good today. Would you like some help? Upon reading that, I realized he must have been outside watching me in my window. I was shaking with fear. My friend saw how scared I was, and when I told him what happened, he went downstairs to confront Sam, pretended to be my boyfriend, and told him to stop texting me. I was so shaken up, I called out of work and booked the next flight to my home state to wait the remaining three weeks out at my best friend's apartment far away from the creepy neighbor. I wasn't even going to allow for any possibility for things to escalate farther. Fast forward three weeks, I had hired movers to get all of my stuff out of my old apartment. 
I was cleaning out the fridge, and the neighbor and I ended up coincidentally leaving our apartments at the same time. When he made eye contact, he licked his lips. That was the last time I saw him, and I'm so glad that I moved. This is not necessarily threatening, but something I have came to think about a few times over the past years. I was about six or seven when me and my older friend was messing around in the neighborhood doing random stuff when we decided to visit a lady who lived in a house in a street right below mine. The lady was about 26 to 30 years old and we would visit her every once in a while and she would give us small gifts like old video games and makeup she had laying around. None of our families knew the lady, but she had lived there for a good decade beforehand. It was pretty late when we knocked at her door, and when she came out, we asked her if we could come over for a visit, but she told us that she had a boyfriend coming over, so me and my friend parted ways and went home for the night. About an hour later, I was just sitting on the sofa when I looked down at her house and spotted a man walking inside her house. I didn't think much of it other than it must be her boyfriend and I eventually went to my room and went to sleep. I wasn't really tired so I went to just look out my bedroom window which had an even more direct view towards the lady's home. I saw the lady standing on her balcony and the boyfriend standing on the ground. She had a shovel in her hand and she seemed like she was yelling at him. After about five minutes, she goes down to the ground where the guy is standing and she starts beating him in the head with the shovel as I watched completely frozen. She was beating him pretty badly and the guy ended up just laying on the ground. There was very visibly a lot of blood on the rocks around him and he had a white hoodie so it showed pretty well i went and got my mom to look and she called the police obviously after this incident our parents didn't want us to visit the lady anymore and we never did again until it turned out that the lady had a long criminal record and was known to be extremely violent something six-year-old me didn't quite catch. So for Christmas, I was dealing out Christmas cookies and cards to the neighborhood, also to the lady. I don't remember the interaction very well other than me knocking on her door, wanting to give her my Christmas cards, when she pulled me inside to come talk to her husband. This was a new boyfriend, I'm assuming, who was sitting on the couch, The lady asked me to repeat what I said to her about the cards to the man. At this point, I was getting scared, so I ran out of their house and never returned again. Please, definitely observe who your kids visit. To start... I was 10 years old at the time, and back then, my grandparents used to own a whole apartment complex, and the leasing office was attached to our house in the complex, so this is where I spent most of my childhood. My grandmother would run the office, and my grandfather would do all the physical labor around with the other workers. I spent a lot of time in the complex riding my bike, walking my Jack Russell, playing in the creeks behind the trees like, you know, normal kid stuff. Nothing crazy. I always felt safe around there, and everyone knew me as the owner's grandchild. Certain parts of these memories get a little foggy as I get older, so I can't remember every incident, but I remember enough to know this man. Something just wasn't right with him. When my grandmother first leased the apartment to this man, I never even knew until I actually met him. The first time I met him, I was walking around the complex, doing nothing in particular but minding my business, and I see him. 
He approaches me and begins to make small talk, and me being friendly always spoke back. He mentioned how he just moved in. His apartment is super cool, and he doesn't mind if me and my friends ever want to come over. Didn't think nothing of it at the time, and agreed. But things just started to progress the more I'd see him around. Eventually, I knew something wasn't right. The next time I met him, I was walking around the entrance of the apartment complex, and to add, Mercer County Community College was right behind the apartment complex, so I used to travel over there, and you could cut through to the college by the entrance of the apartments. I was only over there because the overhead bridge that looks down into the creek was there, and I used to enjoy peeking over the side and seeing the fish swim around. Well, once I was done looking, I turned around and there he was. In the walkthrough of the apartments and the college, peeing in the bushes, he turns towards me exposing himself and apologizes for me seeing him like this. Of course, as a 10-year-old, your brain doesn't process things as easily, so I told him it was okay and walked away. He just stood there, reminded me about the apartment, and that was the end of it. I went home. Now, he started getting really creepy because the last two encounters I very clearly remember were the final straw to it all. And little 10-year-old me started realizing this wasn't okay. I was walking my dog, Buddy, one day, and he sees me again and approaches me. He asked if he could pet the dog. I was hesitant but agreed because my dog is very friendly and I never taught him to be mean. He crouched down to pet him and his penis fell out of the side of his shorts. And this was when I realized he wasn't okay. He sat there petting my dog and groping himself very visibly for me to see. I was appalled. I honestly didn't know what to do, and alarms were raising in my head. I just stared at what he was doing as he asked me what I'd like to do, if I'd like to come over and play games with him. I just told him one day and told him I better get going so I can finish walking the dog. The final encounter. I had my best friend, who was 10 at the time, and my sister, who was three at the time, over at the house with me. And we decided to take the dog for a walk. He was fun to walk with, very hyper and would drag you if you let him. We were walking in the backyard of some apartments, and lo and behold, he appears, almost like he knew we were there, like he was watching us. He began to casually talk, complimenting my dog and asking if we wanted to see his dog. My little sister agreed and walked a little closer as he pulled out his phone. I was fooled for a second and thought maybe he really does have a dog. He crouched down next to my sister and started showing photos. As I got closer, I realized he was showing nude photos of him and his dog. Then I realized he was groping himself and had exposed himself through his shorts again. He was too close to my baby sister for comfort, and it made me very uncomfortable. He could have snatched her and ran if he really wanted to, and I always think about that. I was in a state of shock as I realized he was inviting us over again. Best friend realized this was creepy as well and we just exchanged looks. I knew I needed to get us out of there, so I bent down to pet my dog, and I clipped his leash knowing he'd dart away at an intense speed. And he did just as I planned. We yelled the dogs loose, grabbed my sister, and noped the fuck out of there, and left him exactly where he remained, just staring. We ran home in tears, telling my grandfather everything I experienced since the day he moved in. I felt horrible knowing I let it escalate so long to that point. Others around me were exposed to do it. 
The cops were called. He was arrested on the spot. And we had to tell everything to child investigators and the cops and the news. It was a lot. And after he was gone, reality set in. And so did the trauma. I swear that dog saved us and I got us out of there and I miss him every day. Because if I didn't have him, I wouldn't have known what to do. I just think more so about what would have happened if I fell for going to his apartment or even worse. If he got his hands on a child with that 10 times more gullible than me crap. The fucked up part is he only stayed in jail for the weekend until his family bonded him out. And if you're reading this, Giovanni, rotten hell, you asshole. Oh, update. Posting this made me search on him a little more. He's still alive, unfortunately. He moved to the next state over, to Pennsylvania, and his address and phone number are public. Apparently, he's a mechanic now as well. He's also listed as a sex offender. I guess karma really is a bitch. I moved back home about a year ago. My mom lives in a trailer park somewhere in BFE. I've never had any problems with the neighbors. I mind my business. They mind their own. My mom's fiance, on the other hand, being the social butterfly that he is, has to get to know everyone coming and going around the block. So earlier this year, we start seeing a new guy next door living with what we thought was just a single mom and her child. I thought maybe it's a new boyfriend or something. Of course, my mom's fiancé immediately starts getting to know the newbie of the neighborhood. But the months to come, things started getting weird. Whenever my sister would go outside, she noticed the new neighbor. Chris would fly out of the back door to do random mundane things. She would notice him watching out the window quite often too, but he didn't pay any mind to her because sometimes my sister can be very dramatic. My mom's fiancé used to let him use our water and water hose to water his gardens. I never understood why, but when he got the water bill back and it was over $200, he told him he can't continue to let him use it because things are so expensive anymore. He immediately got aggressive and tried to tell him we're the ones who were using too much water, not him. Which we've never gotten a bill that high before since living there. Last week, I got a random friend request from the neighbor. Not thinking much of it, I approved it. My mom's fiancé lets me know that Chris talked about how pretty I was and asked him for Facebook information, but... He acted like he didn't know if I had a Facebook or not. The realization kicks in that he went through hundreds of my mom's fiancé friends on Facebook to find my profile. By this point, we've already been talking over Facebook, but it has been a friendly chat, so no harm. Plus, I figured he'd seen where I have a boyfriend because my profile clearly states in a relationship. I mentioned to Chris what my mom's fiancé said, and he said he wasn't going to sugarcoat anything that he actually called me sexy as fuck. I let it be known I have a boyfriend and he apologizes. If you think that's the last time he's made a comment or a pass, you're wrong. It's like he completely disregards I'm with someone. He's even asked me to go to the woods with him meeting him outside at night and just in general made me uncomfortable. At this point, I'm over talking to him, but one crucial information my mom's fiancé left out was that he just got out of prison months ago for some really bad stuff. Breaking and entering, arson to name a few, and the worst one, manslaughter for shanking a man while he was serving his time. He claims it was self-defense. 
I have no idea how he's even walking freely right now, but I digress. So, usually once a guy doesn't take the hint of, I have a boyfriend, I'd usually tell him to fuck off, block and be done, but my mother doesn't think that's the best course of action. I even brought up ghosting him, but she thinks that he could just walk right over if he sees me out and confront me about leaving him on red. He's actually been caught walking through our yard trying to find me one day, so her theory is not far-fetched. My family and boyfriend are terrified for me. My mom tells me I am no longer allowed to go outside by myself. I'm just trying to save up enough to move away from this place. Real quick update. Last night my family, boyfriend and I, was outside talking on the front porch just hanging out. We started hearing yelling next door, and the creepy neighbor sped off in a truck. Then, a few moments later, he came back and we heard a woman screaming, Keep your hands off of me! Police were called, and more people showed up at the home. My mom, boyfriend, and I left to go to town. It was dark, but when we pulled up to the end of the street to get onto the main road, our headlights lit up a person on the side of the road. It was my creepy neighbor clutching his phone looking up the road. Today I found out he lied about being single and was cheating on the mother of his child. The poor woman has done everything for him only for him to try and cheat on her with 16 other women. You can say his dirty ways caught up to him and now she's kicked him out to the curb. He's no longer living next door. As for the commotion we heard, I know she owns all the cars they have there, so I'm guessing he tried to take off in one of them once she confronted him about all the dirty messages. She must have made him come back with it since it's hers, so he brought it back and tried fighting her. He must have known someone was going to call the cops, so he ran on foot given his record and didn't want to go back to jail which is why we seen him at the end of the street looking scared in the dark i'm not sure if that's exactly what transpired but based on everything i've heard from last night and from his ex herself today this is my best guess to the woman next door i am so sorry you and your family had to deal with this you didn't deserve any of it As for the creepy neighbor, good riddance, and I hope you get what's coming to you. And that, dear listeners, brings it close to these true, creepy, and crazy neighbors' stories. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you comfortably. If you are awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. In the meantime, please take care of yourselves. I'll be reading to you soon. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or good evening. Peace, love, and light to you all.
What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com try. Go to shopify.com try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com try.